Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And this week, you can enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter code BMF during sign-up. Play in a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit to compete for your share of cash prizes. That's code BMF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? And welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. No Frankie today, just me and you, Bill. What's up with you, my man? Oh, I love it. We don't have to deal with that knucklehead. We get to talk just amongst our intelligent selves without having to deal with him. <laughs> oh, boy. What do you think? I remember last week you said Wild Card Weekend is one of your, your favorite football weekend of the year. Mine's is the Division Round Weekend. What do you think of not only Wild Card Weekend, but the Super Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, so it started out with a bang, right? That Colts-Bills game, that that set the bar really high. Unfortunately, none of the other games really lived up to to what the Colts and the Bills did on the field. I mean, the, the Seahawks and the Rams game, that was so boring. Yeah, then you had, the Buc- you had the Buccaneers in Washington. Yeah, it was fun to watch Haneke play for a little bit, and it's a great story, but it, there was never really a doubt that the Buccaneers were going to lose that game. The Saints and the Bears game, that was brutal to watch. Mm. Titans and Ravens was fun. Uh, I, I like to see the Ravens come back from that 10-point deficit. That was a fun game. Yeah. And then the Steelers and Browns, I mean, they're up 20 nothing at halftime. I, I barely watched the second half. Yeah, now nah, you really couldn't get into too much of that, especially if you're a fan of a good football like we all are. I mean, it was interesting to see how teams move on and how it shakes down. But now it's time, to, and now it is time to get into that, that uh, division round weekend. But before we get into that, I was when I did the fantasy pod with Fabs. Um, tomorrow's Thursday. I do that again. Okay, let's make say my post was it today. <laughs> <laughs> so when I do the fantasy pod with Fabs on Monday, i you know every year it seems like in the playoffs there is a guy who steps up and increases his draft stock for the following fantasy football season. Yep, I remember years ago Arian Foster had a big playoff game. Right before his breakout, the one the one that sticks out the most to me was Jordy Nelson. The year the Packers went won the Super Bowl, Nelson went crazy in that playoffs, and obviously he became a, a a tremendous fantasy asset for years to come. Did you see any of that this weekend? Obviously, Cam Akers sticks out. Anybody else? I don't want to say um, the receiver from the Saints who who had a really big game, uh, Deontay Harris. He was mostly the returner, but he had seven targets, eighty three yards. The problem with the Saints is we don't one we don't know who their quarterback is going to be next year, no and doubt. two we don't know if this guy Harris where where was he all season? I mean they mostly used him as a returner, and that's such a uh, Sean Payton thing to do to all of a sudden you know give him the same amount of targets that Michael Thomas got. 
Uh, Alvin Kamara only had two catches in that game. So Deontay Harris kind of came out of nowhere. I don't expect him to have some fantasy relevance next season. Uh, I did like what I saw out of Marquise Brown. You and I have been waiting for him to go off uh, all season long. And he really disappointed us based on where we drafted him. But he had a really good game against the Titans. So that was encouraging to see out of Hollywood. What about Michael Pittman? Yeah, Michael Pittman's another player that I, I picked up this, um, I guess it was in the middle of the season. Um, he was serviceable for me. I do think that I, I do think the Colts go out and, and get a different quarterback. Maybe they trade for Carson Wentz. Um, maybe, maybe they finagle something with the Jets and they can try to get Sam Darnold. I expect good things from Michael Pittman, but remember Paris Campbell's coming back next year as well. And I, I, I like Paris Campbell coming uh, into the season a lot. Unfortunately, he got injured, but when he was Again. on the field, he was pretty productive. T.Y. Hillen's going to be a year older. So um, between Campbell and, and Pittman, I do think one of those wide receivers could end up being in maybe the top 25 at the position. Yeah, I, I, I think us going to Hilton as the number one wide receiver on the Colts, I think those days have passed. But obviously, that quarterback situation is going to be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the course of the offseason. Speaking of quarterback situation, Bill, you know, you know, obviously we see what situation that took place in Philadelphia. What do you think happened in Philadelphia? Did Peterson leave or did Peterson get fired? And how much of a role do you think Wentz played in that as opposed to the ownership? Yeah, so a couple things here. You know, I do the show with Jim Cramer. He's a massive Eagles fan. He he has some pretty good Eagles sources. And even if you just look at what Jeffrey Lurie said, the the team owner, what he said to the media, he said it was unfair to keep Doug Peterson because a coach's job is to make sure that you're putting the best product on the field right now, this season, this season 2020 or or, or next season 2021. Um, But their job is to win right away. And Jeffrey Lurie basically said, we don't have the pieces to this puzzle to win right away. So it would be a, it would be a disservice to Doug Peterson to expect him to win in 2021 when we don't have the right, the right players on this roster just yet. So I think it was, it was an interesting admission by the owner to kind of expect another down season from the Eagles. Now I don't expect them to only win four games. That was their lowest amount since 2020, 2012. Um, but it, it is kind of almost refreshing in a way to hear an owner come out and say, hey, we have some work to do. We have to get right, the right players on this roster, and it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to be a long-term fix. I thought that was kind of interesting. Who's the right quarterback? I, I think they have to go with Jalen Hurts at this point. Based on their offensive line, it really got old very quickly. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, um, they're, they're – uh, their left tackle, who his name is escaping me right now. I don't know how he's been one of the best left tackles for the last decade. Um, they, they've all gotten much older, and it happened very, very quickly. So I, I think with a more mobile quarterback, they will be able to, or he will be able to uh, make up for that, you know, lack of protection, if you will. So now what do they do with wins? Oh, they're, they're going to – Jason Peters. That's who I just – I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, they're going to trade Carson Wentz. I think that ship has already sailed. I uh, I think he, uh, the biggest landing spot, I think, for Carson Wentz – You really low if you're buying Carson Wentz, bro. Well, what about if he rejoins Frank Wright or in Indy? They need you, a feel, you, you, feel, you feel better about that. Yeah, I mean, he got the best out of him, right? And, and I believe what Frank Wright can do is both an offensive coordinator and a player developer – 
Um, I think what happened with Carson Wentz this year was he was so shell-shocked early in the season after taking so many hits. I think he was sacked um, a a league high like 50 times in uh, 12 weeks or something like that. Um, I think he was just so shell-shocked and he didn't have any faith in his line. He didn't have any faith in his receivers to get open. And I actually had an interesting conversation with, with Carson Palmer on the Bull Market Fantasy Show and Palmer basically said, listen, if, if when you lose that confidence in your O-line and you know your receivers are not going to get open, yeah, you're damn right the quarterback's going to look really, really bad. And that's what happened with Wentz this year. I don't think suddenly overnight he just – or over a course of a season, he just lost all his talent. I think that would be foolish for anyone to think that. So, you know, I met Carson Palmer before. He was awesome. Um, he, I actually just shot him an email to see if he can come on – before the AFC or the NFC championship, he was, he was excellent. He, he definitely stays very much up to date with what's going on in the league. He had some really insightful things to say about Joe Burrow, both of them Heisman trophy winners, both of them first overall picks, both of them drafted by the Bengals. So there are a lot of similarities. Burrow spent time at um, Carson Palmer's brother's camp, uh, the quarterback camp that all these young quarterbacks are going to nowadays. Uh, Jordan Palmer's camp out in California. So he was really insightful. And I asked him, Carson, why don't – like, you know so much about the game. Why are you not an analyst on TV? He goes, oh, you know, I, yeah. I got a couple kids. I'm I'm skiing all the time. I'm hunting. I'm fishing. So he's yes, living the life. A lot. He's living the life, man. Retired yeah. at 38 or 40 years old, whatever he is. Got a couple dollars in the bank. He's doing some investments. He loves it. His career was not the same after he took that hit in that AFC division round playoff game and tore up his knee. Well, he – he had that really phenomenal season where they lost to the Panthers when he was with the Cardinals in that NFC championship game. That's that true. Season, You're right. Yep. That season, he was really good. I mean, he had a great, great season. It was, I think he might've been the comeback player of the year that year. I'm not sure. Um, but he was definitely a candidate. He was awesome that year, but you're right. I mean, devastating knee injuries like that, you get shaken up. So when we look at the situation, going into this round of the playoffs, we see right off the top that we have in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams who were excellent on defense. And, you know, that Seahawks team has been, became Fugazi very quick. And then you got the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a six and a half point favorite, you know, big spot right here for Aaron Rodgers. He's having an MVP season. And then when you look at the other side, it's kind of just Sean McVay, fix it together, put it together and stick that defense on him. What do you think how this game plays out? And what are some of the things if you are playing DFS this week that you would look at? Uh, I really like Cam Akers this week. Uh, the Packers, they struggle against the run immensely. And I think with Jared Goff's injuries, the Rams and Sean McVay will dial up some more rushing plays. So I do like Cam Akers in terms of the game outcome. I don't know if I'm going to give him the six or the six and a half, whatever it is now. I do like the Packers to win. I might mess around on the on the alternate line. The six and a half, I might bring that down to like a field goal, um, depending on on how much I'd have to pay up for that. Uh, I, I, I'm actually trying to look it up while we're talking here. But Yeah, Frankie, Frankie would be killing you for that. You know that, right? Oh, my God. You know, yeah. the other so. thing about him is, God forbid, if you ever just take like a sure thing. I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> what is wrong with taking a sure thing? Makes yeah, no nah, sense listen, to me. It, it, yeah, no, it, it, you you I, you give cre- I listen, I give credence to that as well. Um, just looking at this situation, boy, I tell you what, this is like the best chance the Packers have had in a couple of years to get to the Super Bowl. You think they're gonna be able to do so? 
Well, they have to get, assuming, I'm assuming that you agree that they're going to beat the Rams this weekend. Yeah. All right. So then do the, I think the Bucks they embarrassed the Packers earlier in the year. Now, if Green Bay plays Tampa, that could be an interesting matchup. But if Green Bay plays the Saints, and the Saints embarrassed the Bucks this year, so it's kind of a weird triangle thing going on. Um, if the Saints win, I think the Packers win easily and they go to the Super Bowl. If the Bucks win, that's going to be a really good game, a really fun one to watch, only because Tampa Bay made Aaron Rodgers look like a, a you know a high school quarterback in that game, and 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 New Orleans looked Tom, made, made Tom Brady look like a high school quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that game, and that'll that'll help me make my prediction on if if the Packers can go to the Super Bowl. I still have the Chiefs winning it no matter what, who, who regardless of who they play. Let's talk about that Saints Bucks. Like you mentioned, Saints beat them up real bad down in Tampa. I mean, well, they 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 Saints beat them twice this season. Um, Saints coming to this game a uh, three point home favorite versus Tom Brady and and the Buccaneers. You start to see Tom Brady get rolling with some of his pieces. Leonard Fournette running running well. Mike Evans doing his thing. My man Antonio Brown getting in the mix. The defense playing better. Now they go into that dome. They don't have those fans, which is very good, especially when you go into that dome in the playoffs. But the playoffs have been horrific to the Saints in certain spots the past couple seasons. Yeah, so we had the Stefan Diggs walk-off touchdown. Then we had the um, the non-pass interference call with Tommy Lee Lewis. Then we had the Vikings with the shocking upset last year. So the last three years, the Saints came in strong and, and they left really in, in a whisper. Um, interesting stat. Since uh, since the Bucks and the, and the Saints are division rivals, so the there's been 21 matchups in NFL playoff history where a division rival swept their opponent in the regular season, two and zero. Mm-hmm. And the teams that have done that are 14 and seven uh, in the playoffs. So in, in other words, the team that swept their division rival in, in the regular season are 14 and seven when meeting them again in the playoffs. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, just for the fact that the Saints beat the Bucks thirty-eight to three, Corey. I mean, yeah, they punished them. Yeah, they punished them. Right, they made them look awful. Not a playoff contender, but you got to hand it to the Bucks. After that game, I think they won five in a row, um, and that's really when we saw Tom Brady come into his own in this Tampa Bay offense. Four touchdowns in in back-to-back games. He had, I think, three straight games of over three hundred twenty-five yards. And you mentioned the emergence of Antonio Brown. That's certainly going to help them. Because the Saints do have a really good secondary. Yeah, no, they do it. They, they, they're built well back there. Um, the Giants and the Cowboys, 2007. Cowboys beat the Giants two times in the That's regular right. season. And then in the playoff game, the Giants were one of those seven uh, teams to uh, get the victory. Um, I will let you know this, Bill, that I was a grown man when this game took place. <laughs> and I had to leave the house to go sit in the car and that, there could have been some moisture coming down my eyes. That was um, – what did Tony Romo do at the end of that game? Did he throw an right, interception? So here's the thing. It was a couple plays in that game. I think he threw so a pick. It was not – well, the pick the, the, the pick eventually sold the game. Yeah. But it was a play on the previous drive where Tony Romo had Patrick Creighton wide open – Patrick Creighton would have caught the ball and would have ran for a touchdown that would have salted away that game. Patrick Creighton drops that ball. Mm. Then 
the next drive, the drive where he ended up throwing the interception, the play before the interception, Patrick Creighton was supposed to run a seven route. He ran the wrong route where Romo threw the ball. Patrick Creighton should have been there wide open for a game-winning touchdown. Yes, that Corey, didn't happen. Corey Webster, play. I think. Yes, uh huh. That didn't happen. The next play was when the interception had, or when the interception went down, and at that moment, the that's the best Dallas Cowboy team that I've seen um, in, in 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 the last two decades. You know what I'm saying? And it lost to the New York Giants, and that was very painful, Bill. Yeah, that that was an exciting game for me. I remember sure. Amani Toomer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Amani Toomer had a ma- a huge catch down the sidelines for I think it was his it was it, it was uh, his season long. I was like, wow, I'm surprised Toomer could still get down the field like that. Um, but that really sparked the Giants going on that that road warrior playoff postseason uh, mentality where they ended up you know beating the uh, beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs, Cleveland Browns, this one right here. Chiefs, obviously, a big favorite in this one, a 10-point favorite. Uh, the Browns looked good the other night versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Pittsburgh has some issues that they need to figure out. I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back, but I'm quite sure he's going to want to be back. But Ben Roethlisberger has the ego that's not going to let him walk away. I think they may have to tell him to walk away. Pittsburgh has to start running the football more, too, as well, taking advantage of their talent in the backfield. But other than that, the Browns do go out there and get the job done. And now we see a situation where the Cleveland Browns, the upstart Cleveland Browns, big underdogs on the road versus the defending champs. Yeah, so this is what we learned from the Browns last week. One, you don't need to practice uh, heading into a playoff (laughs) game because they only practice, I think, they had one practice and one walkthrough. And the second thing was you don't need a head coach in the NFL because they played the, the, you know, they won that game very easily, um, putting up a lot of points in the first half. They look great. Uh, without Kevin Stefanski. So throw all that out the window. You don't need to practice. You don't need a head coach to win a postseason game against a division rival. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're well-rested, man. Uh, I, I just think they're built not only going to win this year, I just, I just think they're built to be dominant for another de- decade. You can interchange the parts with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, they're both, they both have a couple more years on their contract, but – Patrick Mahomes is he's just such a special player. And he already has that Super Bowl uh victory to his name in, in just his third season. I think that takes a lot of pressure off a quarterback of his caliber. Now he can just go out there and play. And from what we saw last year with them in the postseason, where they were down big. I mean, they were down to the Houston Texans 24 points, and they were down to the to the Titans, and they they just came back. And when that offense starts firing, man. It's like an explosion. It's like a Fourth of July fireworks special in New York City. It's incredible to watch. If you like offense, I don't know how you don't enjoy watching the Kansas City Chiefs. No, nah, the Kansas City Chiefs are a good time. Um, and like you said, seeing Patrick Mahomes play and listen, he's already been through that adversity and those struggles, having to come from behind to get those victories last year, including Super Bowl making those plays. So I think it's going to be a tall task for the Cleveland Browns in this one. It probably is a full is a. When it comes to betting the number, I'm not going to lay 10 with the Chiefs, but I'm also not going to fade the Chiefs. So it's probably a game that I would stay away from or look to figure out one of Frankie's unique teasers. One one thing on the Chiefs, where does Eric Bieniemy go? Uh, he, he's got to be the top head coaching candidate, right, this year? I mean, he just has to be. The, the Jets, Jaguars, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Falcons, and the Eagles. The what Jets is the best job? Peterson. The Jets, I, I heard a rumor that he might take a year off, but I think you're right because they do have a relationship, uh, P- 
Peterson and Joe Douglas, the GM there. But what job? I mean, if you're Eric Bieniemy, what are the, the Chargers job? Because they have Justin Herbert. You know, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. I wonder. I wonder if Bieniemy. I wonder if they hire Bieniemy in Houston if Deshaun Watson decides to stay. That could be their saving grace. Yeah, well, that, and that's going to be interesting. So they got to get those two in the room and try to figure out how that's going to work and settle it down. If that's enough to make Watson stay, I definitely do make that higher. If Watson is fed up, you know, with the general manager high and the rest of the stuff, then I think it becomes even more interesting. That Charger job uh, looks like a good one as well. With, with um, Herbert, yeah. Yeah, with Herbert. And then obviously Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence could be interesting as well. Um, as an as a as a as a new head coach, I don't know if that Jacksonville job is right. I want to go to a organization that knows what they're doing, you know, to yep. have you know, some of the right pieces in place. And that doesn't seem to be the case in Jacksonville. So it's going to be tough. It is interesting. Um, you know, him not calling plays has been talked about, but I think I'm I'm not really tripping off of that. I wouldn't worry about that. I think he's a good solid NFL mind. Now, with that being said, and you mentioned the Miami Dolphins situation. And I think I may have asked you guys this last week, or it may have been Fabiano. I do so many of these shows, Bill. <laughs> I think Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua right now. Yeah, I mean, listen. So here's the thing about these Alabama quarterbacks, right? Tua was throwing passes to Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. No doubt. Two, fir- two first-rounders. Uh, Mac Jones is throwing passes to, to this year's Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith. So it's hard to evaluate because – they're throwing to NFL caliber wide receivers that are, that are not just behind okay. an NFL caliber offensive line. Behind, exactly right. With an NFL caliber running back. Um, it, it's hard to evaluate some of these quarterbacks that, that are coming out of Alabama only because they do have, and it's not just like, Oh, he's an NFL caliber. No, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, top 15, top 16 picks last yep. year. People are talking about Devonta Smith going in the top five this year. So Mac Jones, I know he he set a lot of records in terms of his his efficiency. I didn't I didn't really get too excited about what I saw out of Tua this year. He looked good in that game against Arizona. He looked okay in some of his other games. I don't think he ever looked bad, but I don't know if he's going to be the I think answer. The personnel around him needs to fit him better. Players like Devontae Parker don't fit his style of play. Gasecki right. is perfect for him, but Gasecki stays in and out the lineup. Um, so. I just remember that one year, the year that Deshaun Watson won it, when Deshaun Watson and the Clemson Tigers mm-hmm. beat um they in 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 the not in the not in the championship, but in the playoff, they beat Ohio State. Yep. The score was thirty five to nothing or thirty five ten or something like that. Ohio State's entire secondary in that game went in the first round, and Deshaun Watson dismantled them, <laughs> dismantled them in the national playoff game. So. Um, we see what he can do. So it's interesting to see what some of these other young quarterbacks can do. But um, I do I do feel pretty good about the situation at the top of the draft this year because I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to go and because a lot of teams need quarterbacks. I think we could see upwards of five, six, maybe even seven quarterbacks go in the first round. All right, Bill, so our most intriguing game of the weekend, the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. Something about this Baltimore Ravens team right now, Bill, is – they got a lot of dog in them. And let me tell you something. That team, 7-0 down the stretch, 7-0 versus the spread, and then they went to Tennessee and they got that big W on some real down south high school football stuff, stomping all over the other team's um, uh, logo. This, this Raven team looks ready. Yeah, and I was really excited for Lamar Jackson to get that victory. 
he's only in his third year or right. His third year. Yeah. Um, he's only in his third year and already the talk, he's only been in two playoff games and he, and he lost both of them. Okay. Um, his first year and his second year, he lost one as a rookie. He came in as a starter midway through the season. You know how Peyton Manning playoff career started? You know, it's just people love to jump the gun. Oh, he can't win in the playoffs. He played two damn games. Give the yep. guy a chance. So I'm happy for him because this is also a player that a lot of NFL scouts said, oh, he should he, he should convert to wide receiver. And then, you know, in his second year in the league, he, he goes out and wins the MVP award as a quarterback. So I'm pumped to see the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. I, I, I'll admit I have been sleeping on the Bills pretty much all season. Every week I watch them. Every week they impress me. Every week I say, I don't know how far they're going the playoffs. And I think their playoff run comes to an end this week. I think Baltimore wins. Um, Josh Allen will look his worst. Josh Allen will look as bad as he has all season in this game. Baltimore, you're right. They got some dogs on that team. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I, I'm going with the Ravens um, as well. What I'll say, you know, Harbaugh, eight playoff road wins. Yeah, and you look, <laughs> you look at what Baltimore has done over the last couple of years with their roster. Um, they're just tremendous in drafting. They're tremendous in free agency. Last year, they get run over by Derrick Henry. This year, they go out and get Calais Cam- or you know, they they got Calais Campbell, and then they got Unique uh, Nagogwe. Uh, yeah, Yannick so, Ngakwe. Yannick and yeah, I'll let you say it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they they address their weaknesses while still maintaining that they're in a win now mode, and that's really what I like about Baltimore and, and how they approach their team personnel. No doubt about it. I do like the Ravens this weekend. I like the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I like the I like the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. Let me get your predictions for the championship round before we get out of here, Bill. So I I also agree with the Chiefs um, taking on uh, the Ravens, and then I I, I think it's going to be I'm going to go with the Bucks here. Everything it tells me that the Saints are just going to roll on them based on that 38 to 3 game in November. But I'm going to take the Bucs and I'm going to go with the Packers. I think the Packers win. I think the Chiefs win. I'm going chalk. Listen, if Frankie was here, he'd be beating me up. Oh, you're going chalk. You're going chalk. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm going chalk. I'm going with the two best teams in the NFL Kansas City and Green Bay. Sue me. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe maybe Frankie would have said the Rams versus the Browns. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right now, what, what are the what is what is uh, I think right now the Rams are plus two thousand to win the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs and the excuse me, the Browns are plus three thousand. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a Frankie bet if I've ever heard one. <laughs> All right, Bill. For my man Bill Enright's Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, bull market fantasy. We are out.